going to encourage us as we just uh, as we try to uh, kind of look at the question: What is God doing right now? Um, that's a good question for us to ask. Maybe it's a question that you've been asking also: What is God doing right now in the midst of everything that's going on? It's a question that I've been thinking about um, because how do we respond as people of faith, as people who are trusting God, even though sometimes the circumstances don't always make sense to us? And, and really what we're going through right now is there are a lot of people that are going through much worse circumstances than we are. And in a, a lot of countries, Christians are persecuted for their faith in Jesus. And, and you think about what New York City and some of those other hot spots where COVID-19 is, is so much more of an issue. Um, you think about that. And, but in the midst of it, hey, what is God doing right now? It's a good question for us to be asking. This week, I started reading Kyle Eidelman's book, Don't Give Up. Faith that gives you confidence to keep believing and the courage to keep on going. Is how, how do we have that kind of faith in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of trials, in the midst of life circumstances? How do we have the kind of faith that, that gives us confidence to keep believing and the courage to keep on going? Kyle writes, don't give up is a message that all of us need to hear often. There are times when all of us, to some extent or another, we want to quit, which is why it's so important to get our encouragement from Scripture. And the Scripture that I'm going to focus on this morning is Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 3, and, uh, and let me read these scriptures to you. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which so, clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And so there's this encouragement from Scripture. I actually read through verse 4. I was going to stop at verse 3, but, but um, that, that encouragement from Scripture, we don't exactly know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some people have thought that it's the Apostle Paul. Some people have thought that it's Apollos, whose name is mentioned in Romans and a couple of other places. We don't know for sure who wrote it. But what we do know is that it's written to people who are tired. It's written to people who are losing heart. And, you know, I don't know where you're at right now, um, but, you know, to some extent or another, and even though we've gone through way less than other places, is I'm getting a little tired uh, you know, during this time where um, there's COVID-19 and there's these restrictions on movement and there's these stay-at-home orders, and even though we've been released from it, there's still a lot of restrictions that are going on, and it's easy to get discouraged sometimes. It's easy to kind of wonder what's going on and even begin to ask God questions like, God, what are you doing right now? What are you up to? Because it's hard for me to be able to see that. Is Why is the world going through such trauma right now? And, and, and then trying to figure out is, is, hey, how do we respond to everything going on? And really, one of the things that we can say here in Montana is, is boy, thank you that we've been spared from so much. But it's still those, those kinds of questions that we ask when we're tired or when we're losing heart. And, and that's why um, Hebrews can be so encouraging to us. 
Because it's, it's written uh, for us during those times where we just don't feel like things are clicking like what we would want them to do. It's written to people who are in the pressure cooker of life. This week I came across um, the story of a song called Blessings. It's, it's actually written by um, a lady by the name of Laura Story. And when I was listening to it, I realized that I'd heard it before, but I'd never really listened to the words and I'd never thought about the story behind the music. And here's, here's the lyrics. We pray for blessings, we pray for peace, comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. All the while, you hear each spoken need. Yet love is way too much to give to us lesser things. Because what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know that you're near? What if the trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? We pray for wisdom, your voice to hear. We cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness. We doubt your love. As if every promise from your word is not enough. All the while you hear each desperate plea, and long that we'd have the faith to believe. When friends betray us, when darkness seems to win, we know that pain reminds this heart that this is not our home. What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst that this world can't satisfy? What if the trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise? It's great lyrics. It's it's encouraging, but there's even more of a story behind the song. Laura and her husband, Martin, were newly married and early on in their marriage, they began noticing that not everything was right with Martin. He he was forgetful. He'd fall asleep at, at odd times. He had more and more symptoms just to say that there was something that was seriously wrong. That something turned into a brain tumor and then surgery, which left him with irreversible brain damage. And Laura's comment was, is is we felt like we had just put our china in the cabinets as newlyweds. And here we were sitting with a neurosurgeon and listening to him explain the risk associated with a complicated surgery that Martin might not even survive. No, he did survive, but, um, but there's, there was all kinds of, of frustration and disappointment that came into their life from the, the trauma that his brain went through. And that song, Blessings, came out of their story together. What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world cannot satisfy? What if trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights, are your mercies in disguise. Is the pressure cooker of life. I mean, that story comes right out of the pressure cooker of life. And so Hebrews can encourage those that are in the pressure cooker of life. It can also encourage those who are tired of evil. On Friday night, uh, my family watched the documentary uh, Free Burma Rangers. And if you get a chance to watch it, I just really encourage you um, to do that. The Free Burma Rangers, um, they supply medical needs and medical care, shelter, food, clothing um, to those that are in war-torn situations. The other thing is is that they document 
Um, some of the brutality that goes on in those war-torn situations. And, and um, the documentary is just heartbreaking. Many of the Free Burma Rangers, it's an interesting name for a group. You'll have to watch the documentary to understand um, the full story behind why they're called the Free Burma Rangers. But many of these rangers are persecuted Christians from Burma, also known as Myanmar who joined this group that Dave Eubanks, and that's the little part of the story is, is he used to be a ranger in the U.S. Um, military. But Dave Eubanks and his wife Karen, they formed this group um, to provide aid and food, um, you know, um, uh, medical care uh, to rescue these Burmese minorities from oppression by a militaristic government. For those of you that don't know, Burma has the longest ongoing civil war in the world. And it's a hard documentary to watch. While watching, there's something in you that wants to yell no. No to the violence. No to the wanton destruction. There's something in you that cries out for judgment and maybe even vengeance against oppressive governments and groups like ISIS. In fact, at one point in the film when Dave Eubanks is, is in, uh, in Iraq and seeing the devastation that ISIS brought on the people there, is that he's so angry at what has happened, at, at just the killing of, of men, women, and children. He's so angry that he, 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 he says is, is that we, we, we need to find that we need to take up arms and we just need to kill everyone that's um, connected to ISIS. And his anger, he feels that way. And maybe all of us feel that way sometimes when there's just total evil and other sin that we, that, we, um, that we just say, hey, that's so wrong. Someone needs to bring retribution on these groups. And at that time, uh, he, he literally opened up his Bible. And, and in his Bible, the, verse, the first verse that he came to is, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And just conviction came upon his heart because only God... Only God can bring judgment in a totally righteous way. And so God says, hey, you leave vengeance to me. He was also reminded of Alexander Solzhenitsyn's um, words. And Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. Not just groups like ISIS, not just um, oppressive governments like what's true in Burma, the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. You know, as we look at what's going on in the world, as, as we look at the pressure cookers of life, or, or as we look at the evil that there is in the world, there's a couple of temptations that we would have. One of them is to get weary, to lose heart, to be discouraged, and to give up. Maybe to give up on um, to give up on others, to give up on hope, maybe even faith. Maybe it doesn't go that far. Maybe we're not giving up on faith itself, but, um, but maybe there's just a sense of is where we want to give up on the people around us or, or we want to give up on trying so hard. And that's one of the possibilities that we could be tempted to embrace. The other one is, is to ignore it, to ignore what's going on to numb our lives with preoccupations, with recreation, with media, uh, movies, social media, with making money or other things. Those are two very real possibilities that most of us and probably much of the world takes at least a part of the time. And so how do we, 
how do we resist those temptations? And I think is, is that a passage like this can help us with that. It's just that, hey, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And so let us lay aside everything that would hinder us and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Now, earlier I said is, is that one thing we know about Hebrews is we may not know the author, but we know that it's written to people who are tired. It's written to people who are losing heart. Now, I don't know how God's mercy shows up in the midst of pain or suffering or discouragement. But I know that it does. There are times when it just does. There are times when I'm at my wit's end, when there's been frustration. And sometimes during those times, in the midst of prayer, in the midst of saying, hey, God, I just don't understand, is there's encouragement that comes. Encouragement like what we're reading today. Is I'd actually had a whole nother sermon in mind earlier in the week. A whole nother passage that I was going to be in, and yet this one just seemed like the right one um, to be in. And, uh, and really is, is, you know, there, I am so unbelievably blessed. Is there's not a lot for me to be discouraged about. A lot of what I go through is, is pretty simple stuff. Oh yeah, there's the stay-at-home order and there's other things. And, and you know, this, this past week my grand, grandmother died and I really wanted to be at the funeral this week in North Dakota. And yet there's, uh, there's all of um, these stay-at-home orders and stuff like that. And to do that, I would have to quarantine when I got back. And there's a lot of other issues. Um, and, uh, and those are just frustrating things. So many other people are going through so, so much more. And so I don't know what it's like for you. I don't know what makes you tired. I don't know what makes you discouraged. I don't know what it is at those times when you're losing heart. And right now you might be in a pretty good place. And that's great. But at times we all need encouragement like this. In fact, is, is God's word is written to us in, in this passage in particular, not just as people far off in a far off and distant place and time, because all of us have that feeling of discouragement sometimes. And so when we break down the passage, when it says, therefore, anytime you see a therefore in scripture, you have to say, is, is what's before the therefore that's in scripture? And the therefore points us back to Hebrews chapter 11, which is often called the hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is a list of people who face enormous challenges and yet found the faith to keep believing and the courage to keep on fighting. And so in Hebrews chapter 11, it starts with saying, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Otherwise, as is when it's, when it's listing out these people, is, is they, they had this, this assurance of things that they were hoped for. Is they were sure of what they were hoping for, but they couldn't see it. In fact, as is later in the passage, it says that many of them died not seeing the promises of Scripture. And yet they were still trusting that those promises would be fulfilled one day. And by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God and that what is seen was not made out of the things that were visible. And then it says, by faith, Abel. And it starts in Genesis and it starts to list people of faith. People of faith that, that chose to follow God in spite of all of the circumstances that the world would throw at them. These people found the faith to keep on 
believing and the courage to keep on pressing forward. Kyle Eidelman, in considering this passage, he asked of Hebrews chapter 12, this is when it says, therefore, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Is who are those witnesses and what are they doing? And then referring back to chapter 11, that list of faithful people. And there's two options that throughout history Christians have wondered, you know, about. One is, is that there's this great cloud of witnesses of these, these people of faith from Abraham and Moses and all of the names in Old Testament scripture and moving into New Testament scripture. Is that there's this great cloud of witnesses and they're in heaven today and they're watching us as we're trying to live lives of faith. And that's one thing that some people have thought is, is that those witnesses is that they, they, they're with God and they're watching us and, and cheering for us and trying to encourage us to keep on going, to keep on pressing forward. And that's one possible way to see witnesses. But another possible way of describing those witnesses, that cloud of witnesses, are, are a group of people who say something, they give testimony to they speak about. And that's the other possibility, and it's probably the more likely possibility, because in Hebrews chapter 11, the word witness is used five times. And each time it refers to someone who says something rather than someone who sees something. In fact, in Hebrews um, 11, 4, it says, by faith, Abel, and this goes all the way back to, to those first few chapters, those first little set of chapters at the beginning of Genesis, and Adam and Eve's son, Abel, by faith, Abel, offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And so there's these witnesses and they still speak to us through their lives. They speak to us about what it looks like to be faithful in spite of the circumstances of life, in spite of the evil of life. They speak to us, um, Hebrews 11, 4 says, from beyond the grave, essentially. Abel, along with all of these other people, continue to speak to us even though they have long since passed away. Their stories echo across the generations, across time and space. When we are tired, when we are weary, when we are ready to give up, and they're encouraging us. They're encouraging us. And then those following verses in Hebrews um, chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, is that, hey, their, their witnesses, their lives speak to us, their lives encourage us, but then also consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary. And lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And there's this picture of Jesus is is it even even more so, even more than the witnesses? Consider Jesus. Earlier it said, consider him the author and the perfecter of your faith. Is is you know, none of us have gone through the kind of suffering that Jesus went through. As Jesus went through the ultimate suffering, he went through more than anyone who has ever lived, as he endured opposition from other people. And so consider him as, as consider the good news. The good news of the gospel is, as the gospel is, the gospel means good news. And it is that God stepped out of heaven in the purpose, person of Jesus in order, in order to, to, in order 
to step into the mess of our human life and to bring us healing. And yet he did it in a way that, that most people just can't understand. Is He took the pain. He took the disappointment. He took the suffering. He took the sin upon himself and took it all the way to the cross. It says, in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. There's, there's a couple of different meanings that that could possibly be. In the struggle against sin, and that could be as is the sin that happens outside of us that comes towards us or affects us. I mean, you think about the free Burma Rangers and, and these oppressive governments that, that are just literally killing their own people. I mean, that's sin that comes against people. And in and, and that, and that picture is, is people are literally giving their lives, but most of us, we don't have that happen. And your struggle against sin, I mean, for us, is, is that might be, is, is that, you know, there are so many temptations, there are so many things, and sometimes those things just come at us. It, you know, it literally might be, is, is just the sin of the world coming at us. It might be, is, is just, you know, is, is when, when we're watching, say, movies, when we're watching TV, and there's things that just assault our minds, is that sin coming at us, sin coming towards us, maybe even sin sometimes bringing temptation into our lives? In your struggle against sin, you haven't resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Jesus did, though. And so remember him. Remember Jesus as you struggle against the sin, the personal sin that's inside of you, but as you struggle also against the sin of the world that can come against you, is remember Jesus. In Hebrews chapter um, 12, verse 12, it also says, um, it says, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Is this strengthen, strengthen yourself. Now, ultimately, is, is we're not getting our strength from our own strength. We're getting it by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Is there's that solid rock that's underneath us? Is, is this faith that we have that, that is so much stronger than our strength? And that when we keep our eyes on Jesus, that, that we're giving strength to our arms, to, to our bodies, and there's this level path that we're standing on. And it's not a path that we build, but it's a path that he built for us. And so strengthen your, your arms, your, your knees, make level paths so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And there's just this picture is, is that we get this strength from considering him who gave everything for us. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 through 29, it says, therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, it cannot be shaken by persecution. It cannot be shaken by oppression. It cannot be shaken by COVID-19. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God in reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. As we're going to move in to a closing worship song, and I just want to encourage you that while that, um, while that song is being um, sung, 
I just want to encourage you that this is just such a good, a good time to, to really um, press into the encouragement of Scripture and to say, thank you, Jesus. Did Jesus help me to keep my eyes on you? Because it's so easy for my eyes to get set on other things, on, on maybe the things that are on the news or on my own frustration or my own discouragement. Uh, but thank you, Jesus. I, I, I just want to remember to look to you for the strength that I need. And you can say that. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, then I want to encourage you to do that. Is it's just... You have a Savior that loves you so much that he stepped out of heaven for you. And to put your faith in him and, and just to say, is, is, hey, Jesus, I want that kind of a kingdom. I want the kind of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And there's only one kingdom like that, and it's the kingdom of God. And so if that's your desire, then while the song is being sung for you to be able to... Um, to be able to just express that between God and you. Let me pray. Father and Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement that we can get from it. Thank you that you encourage those of us who are in the pressure cooker of life or those of us that are struggling with the evil of the world. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Rescue me so I could stand and sing. 